Ladies and gentlemen, you found the program that pulls no punches, that knocks out political correctness, and delivers a right cross to defend the Constitution. We call it Fighting Words. And now, entering the ring, retired infantry colonel, trial liar, and fighter for truth and justice, Kurt Schlichter. Yeah, welcome to this last edition of Fighting Words. Kurt Schlichter's, that's me, Hugh Hewitt Affiliated Podcast. It tries to remain FCC compliant. We'll see how that works out. I like to take what Hugh's talking about this week, which is always what's at the top of the news, and kind of take it a little farther. Using my military background, I'm a retired United States Army colonel serving both active and reserve. I served in uh, uh, Desert Storm, then the Los Angeles riots, and then deployed overseas to Kosovo after 9-11. And um, then... uh, Uh, I'm also a noted Los Angeles trial lawyer and a senior columnist here at townhall.com. Plus, I'm the author, and I want you to go get my new book, 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, that drops July 7th, but you should be getting it now. You should pre-order it now. And why do I want you to pre-order it now? Because I want to build up a whole bunch of books before it drops, because that makes it go up the charts. And I would love nothing more than the New York Times to be forced to put the 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, a book so woke, it's been hailed as conservative insomnia by, well, me. Um, I want them to put it on the bestseller list. That's what I want to do. And I think it can happen. It can only happen if you help. 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. And why am I picking on the New York Times? Why am I kicking the paper of record, the gray lady, while she is down? Because she is down, folks. She is down and almost for the count. I I hate the media. And I, and I know Hugh likes the media and he likes institutions. And I think that's an important voice to have in the conservative movement. He is uh, the ego um, or super ego. I am the id. I'm the guy that says, burn it all down because I don't think it deserves respect. And I am unconvinced that it can ever be repaired and any and ever again be anything else but a treacherous punchline in the world's cruelest joke what did the new york times do this week well our friend of the show tom cotton fellow united states army officer captain cotton writes that uh, uh writes that op-ed and he writes an op-ed saying i think we should use uh active duty military forces under the insurrection act where states are unable to control the rioting. This is not a a, a freaky, bizarre notion by any means. First of all, there's a history of it. It happened It happened most recently in Los Angeles during the 1992 riots. How do I know? I was federalized into active duty under the insurrection act to help suppress those riots. As a member of the California Army National Guard, the, uh, George Bush federalized us. We became active duty soldiers. And for a period of time, we worked for the federal government, not the state of California, uh, alongside uh, a 7th Infantry Division and a, a Marine Division out of Camp Pendleton. So 
this has happened, and it is a, a well-recognized right of the president, or power of the president, not a right, a power granted to him to use military forces to crush insurrections. And the Insurrection Act is the, the legal method uh, that's used to implement that constitutional power. Um, it's also something that, according to polls, and I'm not sure I believe in polls a lot, but 58% of Americans believe, yeah, it'd be okay for the president to use active duty military force to suppress violence and rioting if necessary. And that's kind of what Tom uh, Cotton said. He said, hey, if it's necessary, the president should do it, and I think it may be necessary. Now, there are, I, here, here's the punchline, folks. This is where it gets fine. I actually disagree tactically with... Uh, Tom Cotton, to the extent that he thought that the forces ought to be employed. Now, we both agree they could be employed. And I think we both agree that, uh, to some extent, you might want to forward deploy some. For instance, some members of the 82nd Airborne Division, which is kind of a rapid deployment force, uh, came up to Andrew Air Force Base and sat there, which is not unusual for military guys. You, you, you sit outside the area in an assembly area so you can flex and, and, and move in if you need to. Uh, they didn't need to, and 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 they went. They went home. That's that. That's as far as I go. I I don't think they should have been used. Um, the situation in these riots are different than the Los Angeles riots. Los Angeles riots was large scale, uh, disorganized violence, including by criminal gangs, uh, involving looting and mass killing. There are about sixty people killed in the LA riots. We're now about a, two weeks into the riots across the United States. And it's under 20 people killed. And some of those may have just been kind of normal criminal incidents. It's kind of unclear. Um, so it's a very different situation. These were, this was a political information operation grafted onto legitimate uh, legal protests. So people getting out there and marching and making their viewpoint heard uh, were infiltrated by folks who wanted to cause violence, wanted to cause rioting. Uh, like I said, it's an information operation. They wanted you to understand that they were in control. You couldn't stop them. You should be intimidated. You should do what they say. And that stopped as soon as the president said, well, I'm willing to, I'm willing to pull a Tom Cotton if I have to. And then they kind of stopped. Uh, at that same time, uh, police forces were spinning up. National Guard units were spinning up, and they were able to regain control uh, so at about the same time, the, the, the violence really subsided. There's still some, but it's not widespread. So bottom line is, I, I didn't think it should be used, but I thought, okay, go ahead and, you know, it's possible. And that's what that's what Tom Cotton wrote. Tom Cotton wrote an article for the New York Times, an op-ed, that represented what about 60% of Americans were thinking. Okay? And they ran it. And the woke babies who are 20 in their 20s and 30s who came out of the gender studies programs and the sociology departments and the journalism schools began to cry. Tom Cotton's making us unsafe as if that's some sort of trump card that makes everyone go, oh, well, shoot, then we better not speak aloud thoughts that you don't like because you're feeling unsafe. Now, decision point for the people who ran the New York Times. It's a decision point. And it's the same one that college administrators have been facing uh, during the 60s and then more recently in recent years uh, as the uh, PC brigades took over the schools, which is, what do I do? Do I just say no or do I give in and hope they shoot me last? Uh, 
you know, channeling the Mensheviks, who were the moderates, who the Bolsheviks shot as soon as they took power. Actually, Bolsheviks shot the Mensheviks before they went after the actual, you know, guys who wanted to, re- you know, return the uh, uh, czar to power. They, they killed the, the, the moderates first. Uh, and that's what happened here. Now, the New York Times could have gone, well, I understand that you little brats think that your sads and feels trump free speech. Here's how it's going to be. We are going to print whatever we feel we should print. And if you don't like it, there are a wide variety of less prestigious companies that you can go work for. But here at the LA Times, or New York Times, we are not going to be rolled by a bunch of punks who demand intellectual and political conformity. They could have said that. And you know, most of us would have been stunned and staggered. But if they had said that, that would have actually conformed with the presentation they make of, you know, dauntless guardians of free speech and people who care about debate and blah, 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 blah. It was all a lie. It was all crap. It was all Adam Bullshiff. See, I kept FCC compliant. Instead, they rolled over. Oh, my gosh. They fired the editor. And this was, you know, the editor was not a a nobody. He was the brother of a senator, a a liberal Democrat senator, Michael Bennett from uh, Colorado. They actually fired the guy. And this happened in a couple other newspapers. Happened in uh, Philadelphia. Guy wrote, buildings matter too. Oh, the woke crew couldn't take that. And they fired him. Fired the, instead of telling the punks to shut the hell up. Or if you don't like free speech, get a different job at a different place. You know, these guys have a glass jaw. If you just tell them no, they go find a weaker target. If you tell them yes, you're never rid of them. It's like doing a favor for them. I let the mob do a favor for you. If you ever let the mob do a favor for you, you're you're in their debt forever. So you just say no. No thanks. Now, I understand that you're sad. Would you like to write an op-ed about why you disagree with Tom Cotton? You're free to. If it's interesting, we'll run it. If it meets our standards of quality, we'll run it. But we're not going to be intimidated. Of course, the New York Times, in fact, was intimidated. And the Washington Post was intimidated. And I got to say, our friend of the show, Axios, um, I think made a terrible, terrible error. And I'm I'm curious to see whether uh, uh, when Mike Allen comes on. And I love having Mike Allen on when I'm a guest host. Because uh, we we have a good debate. We have... It's not really a debate. We have a good interview. I ask some tough questions. And uh, he's game for it. There are folks... I think there are folks who will not do the show when I'm on it because they, they perceive me as more hostile than Hugh. And I try not to be hostile. It's not my house. Uh, and I try and be respectful. And... Um, but, you know, I, I, I tussle with Mike Allen, though I respect him. I love having him on. And the, one of the things I love having about uh, on with Hugh is it's one of the few places where you can have an intelligent conservative talking to someone who disagrees with them and, and bringing up issues that they don't necessarily want to talk about. It. And to Mike Allen's great credit, he talks about them. And I don't always agree with him, but I love having him on. 
And I, I know there's some concern. He has all these liberals on. Well, yeah. How are we supposed to know what our enemy thinks? And, and where else are the are, are liberals going to have to ask tough questions? If you want to see liberals ask tough questions, you're going to have to have them on your show. That's just how I feel. Anyway, Axios did something that I'm, I'm very concerned about, and I hope, uh, I hope Mike Allen can talk about it. What he did was, or, well, I'm not sure if it's him, but he, uh, Axios says, uh, we are allowing our staff of Axios to participate in riots. And in fact, if they get arrested, we'll bail them out. Wait, that was incorrect. We will allow them to participate in protests. They did not say riots. Okay, and I want to be very clear not to uh, uh, somehow conflate riots and protests. They are different things. Though rioters do infiltrate protests, protests are a legitimate activity that's right of all Americans. Riots, sheer criminality. Axios says you can participate in protests. Now, my problem with that, my question is, doesn't that make you a player? Doesn't that make you choose a side? Well, how can there be a side against the protesters? Well... The protesters seem to encompass a large number of people with a hardcore left-wing Marxist attitude and agenda. Okay, defund the police. Uh, a lot of the organizers of the protests are all down with defund the police, which we're going to talk about in a sec. So I think that, and you can, you know, maybe there's a reason why it's an unfair characterization, but if your guys are participating in protest, political activity, by definition, that's what protests are, political activity, you are, you know, exposing yourself to being seen as not nonpartisan. You are seen as taking a side. And I find that, I find that very risky for a, uh, a news outlet. I, I just think it's a very, very risky thing to do because that, aura of objectivity, that aura of neutrality, creates a kind of credibility. Well, I'm going to listen to what he says. It's not something I want to hear, but I know he's not going to say it just to promote an agenda. You don't get that benefit of the doubt if you're promoting an agenda. Well, I don't like what he's saying. Well, he's damn liberal. That's not an unreasonable way to look at things, okay? People who look at it like that are not only not unreasonable, they are actively reasonable, it is reasonable to look at somebody who has a manifest objection or objective and agenda and understand that the presentation of facts that they give you is going to be colored by that. If you want to be neutral and treated like you're neutral, you've got to actually be neutral. People who are neutral and objective get benefits that people who are political actives don't in terms of benefit, doubt, and trust. That's human nature and that's how it should be. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see what Axios, uh, what, what Mike Allen has to say about Axios' policy. I think it's a very interesting question. Obviously, they can do what they want. But to me, it sounds like they've taken a side. And if you take a side, then you're no longer neutral. And again, well, there can't be any side. You're either for us or you're for killing that poor guy. No. No, no, it's possible not to support police brutality and also possible not to support a comprehensive left-wing agenda. Whoa, man. Whoa, really? Dude, that's heavy. No, that's a thing. That's a thing. Defund the police. Now, that's my favorite one. This is like Me Too, you know, the, the believe all women thing, right? 
And, and, and actually, if you get together in church, you're all going to die. Have you noticed there's always like an asterisk with this stuff? Right? It's, it's like, ah, you go to church, you're all, you know, gathering groups like at a church, you're all going to die, asterisk. But if you protest, you've got this amazing immunity to the Chinese pangolin coronavirus. Because it's science. Not like science science, but like hashtag science, which is just kind of, I'm going to use science as a way to justify my leftist stuff, or at least the term science. It's not actual science, because science involves hypo- hy- hypotheses and data and testing the data and, 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 and revising your theory and all that stuff. Um, believe all women. That's an important me too thing. Asterisk. Unless, you know, it's a, it's a woman who's... Uh, a woman who's, uh, uh, you know, blowing the lid off of one of our friends. Okay. Then, and, you know, believe all women. How could you saps ever believe that believe all women meant believe all women? It's believe all women, not believe all women. It's just like defund the police. Isn't defund the police. Defund the police is not really taking money and from the police and abolishing the police department, even though people are literally saying it. If you watch the uh, that, that Mayor Fry guy just be humiliated by the leftist protesters, and they're saying, he's going, will you abolish the police department? Well, I don't think I can abolish the police department. I don't know if that's a good idea. No, we want to abolish the police department. They're like literally saying that. And then you get you get like CNN people going, I can't believe it's stupid conservatives thinking that when we say defund the police, we're actually talking about defund the police. What a bunch of idiots! Oh, sigh. I don't understand whether they're stupid or they think we're stupid or it's a little of both. Just both. But I know I'm tired of it. I know I'm tired of the lies. I know I'm tired of the scams. You know, like I, I say often, Hugh is a believer in institutions. And I used to be, and I used, and I would like to be. I would like to believe that there are institutions out there that put their purpose ahead of ideology and the personal agendas of the people who are part of those institutions. And the, the evidence simply isn't there that that's so. That's not what's happening anymore. Our institutions... Uh, exist to benefit those who are members of the institutions and push the particular political agendas that they support, not to do the work of society. I I wish they did. I I would love to be an institutionalist. I would love to say, you know, the courts sometimes make mistakes, but they're generally good. I can say that about the, uh, I can say that about the police. We're getting closer with the courts. Now Trump's putting people in. Um, and gosh, he's like a third of the uh, judges, federal judges are Obama or uh, Trump guys. But I can't say that as a whole. The media, good God. You know, we just talked about that. I wish the institutions would be institutions rather than vehicles for political and personal grifting. But they're not. And until they are, we're going to have a crisis of confidence. And, you know, the media, academia, the bureaucracy, 
the entertainment industry, all to some extent, they're all in decline. They're all losing prestige. They're all losing trust. They're all losing power. Doesn't seem like it now. But they've damaged their own foundations. They decide to build their houses on sand instead of stone. And it's all their fault. In any case, I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Fighting Words, the Kurt Schlichter Hugh Hewitt affiliated podcast that you can get for free. You can join Town Hall VIP. You can get my unredacted podcast. There's a lot of foul language going on in that. So uh, that's uh, that's Kurt Unplugged. Kurt Unredacted, so to speak. Follow me on Twitter, at Kurt Schlichter. Uh, read my columns at Town Hall every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They're amazing. It, just ask me. And um, go get my book. 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It is lit, as the kids say. The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. Just go over to Amazon, 21 Lies, Kurt Schlichter. Boom, there you are. Get that thing down. And get on audiobook, too. It's amazing. So I will talk to you guys next week on the next edition of Fighting Words. Bye-bye. <laughs>